Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Whether you're just wrapping up the night shift or on your way to start the day, we got what you need. Welcome to the morning shift. It's the most mid-team in history. A whole new way to start your day with nationally televised reporter Tiffany Blackman. Any pizza for me can be a personal. Can't wait. Former Falcons and Alabama offensive lineman Mike Johnson. I've had my butt shoot by Nick Saban a few times. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. And Atlanta sports radio guru, Bo Morgan. You know who I am? I'm Squid Bill. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? It's a new experience. And a new take on a sports morning show. The morning shift is on. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, here's Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. Good morning. It is Friday, February 9th. Welcome to the morning shift. My last day here for a while, I guess. Uh, Yeah. You you have people thinking you're retiring or quitting. I pop in. Well, you know, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I didn't quit radio. Radio quit me. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll be back at some point soon, I'm sure. But Radio will be done with you before you're done with radio. <laughs> but I, I think the most important thing, aside from whatever the Hawks did or did not do, whatever might transpire on Sunday, you and your coffee is today oh, a corrective dude. emotional experience based on know. what you went through yesterday with your bitter coffee. I'm staring at it right now. And, 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 and look. There's some people out there that are coffee drinkers, some that aren't. We've got three different taste palettes in this studio or four or however many when it comes to coffee. I'm just telling you, I look forward to this moment. Every day at a right around 6.03, 6.04 when I take my first sip of coffee, and it almost always delivers. If the ratio is right from creamer to sugar substitute to coffee, it almost always delivers. Yesterday, a complete meltdown letdown. And that, that one hurt, man. I mean, you were crestfallen. It was. It carries me you through. You were checked out the whole show preoccupied with that uh, horrible coffee experience. It's just like, for me, the 6, 7 o'clock hour, we're on air. Is, it's for, I, for most people, I think what their ride-in to work is like, if they work in town. I need that coffee to carry me through that 6, 7 o'clock. It, it, when you get in your car, if you make coffee at home and you get in your car and you drive to work, say it's 30 minutes or you're in traffic or whatever it may be, you look forward to that small thing being a part of your drive. Just that one thing. And and when it doesn't, when you're in the car with bitter coffee and you're stuck in traffic. Well, you tasted it yet? I haven't. You want me to do it right now? Do it right now on right, air taste test. Is it better than yesterday? Oh, that's the one. There it is. That's okay, the one. he's wow. back. There we go. Now, oh, yeah. 
Ooh, that's well, the one. Thank God for that, because if your coffee didn't taste good, I just don't know what I was gonna do. Yeah, you're gonna I, have to you're gonna have to deal with it. I was I was just I was just it. gonna I don't know, man. Rob, I was very very nervous during those those three minutes. You know, I I, I can empathize. You know why I don't drink milk anymore? It, it, it it's childhood like childhood trauma oh. childhood trauma because I used to eat boxes and boxes. I still can eat cereal from time to time. I used to eat boxes and boxes of cereal. And I'm looking forward to that bowl of cereal. I'm like 13 years old. I pour the milk in there, and the milk is sour. Oh, no. Sour milk. Oh. Oh. I poured buttermilk in it one time. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Stop. That was was not a – that was not a that was not a good day. Did you ever have as a kid, um, what, what, as a kid growing up, I didn't like chicken and dumplings for whatever reason. Really, I, I don't I know why. My grandmother I, made awesome. I don't know why, but whenever my mom made chicken and dumplings, she always made cornbread. Yeah, and so instead of eating the chicken and dumplings, I'd eat cornbread and sweet milk, which is just you just take cornbread and put it in a bowl of a, a bowl of milk, and you eat it like that, and it is. So my grandmother good. made the cornbread and the buttermilk, and I was like, so good. Ugh. What uh, what percentage are y'all in the milk? I know. Listen, we're gonna move on to sports in just a second, but I, what percentage are y'all in the milk? As as a kid, it was two percent. Now okay. I'm, I'm a skim milk guy. Yeah. Oh man, free. All in, man. All in. You're the whole. Whole milk, baby. The whole milk. You drink whole milk. Yeah. Well, I don't drink milk anymore. But well, if, I, yeah. if I put it on my cereal, I'll do the two percent when I was, those times I can. Yeah. I, I, I'm one percent fat-free. Skim's too watered down for me. I'm one percent. No, I like I like 1%. that because I, I like it. It just it makes me feel better about the fact that I'm eating cocoa puffs in it. Well, yeah, you might as well get almond milk at that point. You know, a little silk soy milk. I mean, point. I ain't, I ain't you know I ain't gonna I don't know how you I ain't gonna I ain't gonna do it. It's not, it's, it's not, <laughs> I ain't gonna do it. It ain't. It ain't. Rob's already set the <laughs> set the comment for the six o'clock hour. Yeah, I think I'll just Garrett Chapman. Right? God, yeah, you know, I think I'll listen. Help, God help the kids. The Kobe statue I'm looking at right now. That is awesome. Yeah, his his wife said that he uh, actually picked out that pose. I don't know how that conversation was. I didn't dive any deeper into that, but she was like, well, you don't she, like she, it, uh, she was talking to a medium, I guess. Yeah, maybe so. So I'm here for it. Maybe he. Uh, maybe. Look, you might have just mentioned in passing. If I ever get a statue, I want it to be this picture. Well, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think him passing away early was why he got a statue. Now maybe no. he got one earlier. He was always going to have one. Uh, he's going to get. I guess he's going to. That's one of three that they're going to put up. But uh, she, she's not a fan of the media. Obviously, with the, with the with the when the crash happened, she ended up sure, suing. Sure. And so I don't, I don't, I don't blame her. Um, it was uh, it, it was a weird, it was a weird line though. She's like, if you have a problem, tough. Like I love yeah, it. Yeah, I actually loved stuff. it. When tough I stuff. when I, I watched it last night, I was we played got a little, got in a round of golf yesterday. Rob, um, I found out the perfect tee time. You tee off at two, and uh, if you play at a pretty good pace, you play at a four hour pace, you'll get done right around six, and it's still just enough light to finish. Um, we, we went to Cancun's afterwards, had a couple of margaritas. Shout out to. Tavo and Ricky, every time I'm there, there's a, a mysterious tequila shot shows up at my table, and it's the good stuff, too. What, what do you mean mysterious tequila shot? Is I it? mean, I don't order it, but it just comes. Is it some 47-year-old woman that's worked in the bar industry for uh, 25 years, and she's all weathered and nicotine-stained? <laughs> no, 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 no. Three failed marriages? No, it, Rob um, said, if so, can you give her my number? Yes, I was about to say yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's my go zone. That's my girl. <laughs> no, it's more of. They uh they always take care of us and uh, we have the bartender the owner always sends us one but no um which is Ricky uh, and, and but um 
I, I watched the video and I was like, yeah, that's right. Don't take no <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So good for that. I'm Hopefully glad you weren't watching the video at dinner. You one of those guys? Yeah. On, on the phone at dinner? Yeah, but uh, in fairness That's... to me, I was down at the end. Uh, I was at the kids' section of the table last night. <laughs> Got there late, so that's what happens. Yeah. All right. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, well, trade deadline came and went, and, uh, well, we kind of knew this leading up. I mean, there was a pulse that maybe the Hawks and uh, New Orleans were going to do something, but nothing ever really panned out, and here we are. Uh, I... Status quo. I'm okay with it, I guess. I would have loved to have Herb Jones in the fold. Mentioned that yesterday a little bit. Yeah. I followed him from his time at Alabama and and, and just knowing how good he is uh, defensively. Bo, what did you tell me his nickname was yesterday? Uh, uh, that's a good question. I think it was um, – Was it Straight Jacket? Yeah, it was Straight, straight jacket. jacket. Yeah, great nickname. Straight Jacket. Yeah, so I – Look, I, I think that they would have loved to, you know, package something. Uh, I think New Orleans would have loved something with maybe a Capella and a DeJounte kind of thing going on with some picks thrown around here and there. But Hawks weren't willing to do that. And, and I don't think you – I don't think you uh, – I don't think you, you you do something just to do something if you're – you know, if too much is being asked of you. And right. I, I think everybody knew that the Atlanta was, was open for business. And I think that that could be a weakness, right? I think when you – if you're another NBA team and Atlanta has kind of said, hey, we're open for business – then, you know, you try to take advantage of that. And I think that that ended up being a weakness, and I think that uh, Atlanta was not going to be back into a corner and the guys who were in charge of that and didn't feel the need to make any moves. So, well, What do you think of the uh, the rumors that some people have put out there, including um, this, uh, Jake Fisher that works at Yahoo, saying that some front office people who talked to the Hawks before the deadline, they came away with the, uh, the belief that Trey Young could be available this summer, depending on – the outcome of the rest of the season. Well, they're they're going to have to do something, right? If they don't want to go in the luxury tax when all these when the extensions kick in over the summer, then something's got. I think there's, I want to say there's ten or eleven of them are under contract for next year, so something's got to shake loose. I think Sadiq Bay might be the only one not not locked in. I I so think if you're if you're the ownership group and nothing is is changing and that's your obviously your most important player and you need more pieces, then I'm fine with it. I think that this it's. Let's just call it what it is. This ownership group is going to it's going to be a tough road to hoe if they in no way, shape, or form improve this roster as they haven't for over a year now. And then this offseason say, Hey, we know we didn't do anything to improve this roster, but uh yeah, now we're gonna trade the best player. And 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 and, and that's what we're gonna do. And whether you I don't care if you like Trey or not, the fact of the matter is the the roster has not improved, and it's been due to the fact that they have done nothing to do that. And then you just say, "Hey, we're gonna now." Obviously, you'd probably keep Dejounte at that point, but but I mean, you're basically gonna blow it up. So yeah, I mean, how does Dejounte fit with Kobe Bufkin? I think that would be the next question that kind of comes, you know, down. And Jalen. Well, I don't think Jalen's going anywhere. But I mean, and, how he and, fits and, with him, and that was the you know that was the the story all along is that Trey and Jalen. And probably Buffkin and you know maybe Bogey were kind of the pieces that weren't going anywhere just for for different reasons. But I I don't think I don't think Jalen's going anywhere for a long time. I think he's too valuable. I think he does too many things. We heard Quinn Snyder on our show say that you know what a month ago just that Jalen's the the, the, stall, the straw that serves the drink as far as you know flexibility and ability. But it, 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 Steak says this all the time on Steakhouse, man. They're they're in, they're an NBA purgatory. 
you're in the middle ground. You're you're an eight to ten seed, which puts you at you know 16, 17, 18, 19, best in the, best in the NBA. And if you're that for five, six years, seven years, and nothing shakes out, then you do have to make a move, right? You do have to make changes, and and you do have to hope something shakes out because you can't quit trotting out a team with the same issues and trying to make changes all around the central figure. Thing is, remember how sexy the Hawks were a couple of years ago? The Eastern Conference Finals, this town's on fire. You got all the celebrities showing up to games, and there was a buzz down there. Now, it's just all gone. And it just looks like, when's it ever going to come back? I feel like we have our coach. I think our problem's in the front office. And I know, I know Quinn Snyder has some influence on that as well, but I just there's just something amiss. And it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. There's a lack of a sense of urgency, if not – a downright complacency. I'm I'm doubting the competitive juice of this uh, front office. And guess what? You're making a lot of people not care about you. To your point, and we'll end on this for the segment. If you'd have told me when they took Onyeka, what was he, sixth overall four years ago? If you'd have told me four years later that he and Clint Capella would both be on the roster four years after taking him in that spot, right. then I would have told you something was wrong. And that's, But that's kind of where we're at. And... Um, I don't know what the end goal is. Well, I guess we'll find out uh, later this season. All right, this hour brought to you by Morgan & Morgan. Size does matter when it comes to law firms. All right, coming up next, let's dive into that, that little football game that's going to happen at 6.30 on Sunday nights. Coming up next on the Morning Shift Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Don't touch that dial. This is The Morning Shift. All of them are really, really hot. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I do it for the ladies, but I got to keep a hood. Narrative, good or bad, is just a narrative. And that's my biggest thing with everything. Like when you go into these games, what makes you prepare? I just don't want regrets. Uh, I just don't want to do everything that makes sense to myself, that makes sense for our team. And when you do that, that's what I have found. No matter how hard something is or good something is, um, you always keep perspective of what it really is. If you want to, if you want your perspective to be someone else's narrative, Good luck, be happy in life, or successful. That's Kyle Shanahan trapped in a well, apparently, with that audio. <laughs> yeah. That's not on our gentleman back there. That's just how, how it came out. Yeah, I blame wow. the practice field. Yeah. <laughs> or the it. fire alarm that got he pulled. Was, he was actually oh, yeah, doing, the fire alarm, too? He was doing the interview in the back of an empty U-Haul. It's cool, man. He, he Dude, he's... Kyle Shanahan is he's so grounded, I think, over what I expected of him ten years ago when he was brought into Atlanta. Whatever, you know, whatever year that was, you know, kind 15. of the, the narrative that would have been out there about a guy like that and what he actually seems to be now that he's more in the public eye and talks more. He seems to have a really good understanding of kind of his place and what is needed uh, out of a head coach. You mean and, his place in Atlanta sports history for uh, stealing a Super Bowl from this city? Well, I wasn't going to go that route with it. <laughs> I mean, I, I look, I, I'll be honest. We 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 talk about that Super Bowl for obvious reasons. I go out of my way to not bring that up. So do I. I go out of my way to not 
bring up that I Super try Bowl, not to, even around it, Super Bowl time. Oof. Even when it was the anniversary of the day, and I kept looking at the screen, and I see replay after replay of it's the anniversary, it's the seven year anniversary. Oh, I whatever. kept seeing Julio's catch. It just never goes anywhere, and so I do. I go out of my way not to talk about that, even when a name like Kyle Shanahan comes up, or Matt Ryan, or Julio Jones, or whoever it may be, Bill Belichick. I go out of my way not to bring that. That's up. So one, no, that's not what I had in mind. That's one thing I can't rewatch. You know, I've re, I've I've rewatched uh, like that game seven in '91, the Braves lost, and Ugh. and those kinds of things. Lonnie Smith um, getting deked by Chuck Knobloch. Yeah, never. Will never Knobloch. rewatch. Uh, that was that was pre Yips Chuck Knobloch. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. gonna say. Uh, then he started hitting people in the third row. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Sachs had that too. Issue. That was second baseman. Somebody else said that too. Maybe it was Mackie Sasser, the catcher for the Mets. He could not throw the ball back to the catcher. He couldn't let the who ball was go. The, who was the pitcher for the Cardinals that came back as a pitcher because he had the? Uh, or no, no, I'm sorry. He went, came back as an outfielder because he had the yips. Oh, played with the Braves. Was that Ankeel? Yeah, Rick Ankeel. Yeah, what yeah, a great yeah. story that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I won't rewatch that. You know, Shanahan gets a he got a bad rap here. I think the 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 best part about Atlanta fans with Shanahan. Is I've had people, you know, try to tell me, well, he was he was the only reason we were there, and it's not true. I mean, I, you got to give credit to the fact that Dan Quinn took that defense over with about six games left, and they right. got significantly better. Um, and then I've had people tell me, well, they should have fired Quinn and hired Shanahan because the locker room would have rather had Shanahan. And I was told people, so you were around the team a lot. Um, but and, and I all say all of that because all these crazy theories because the revisionist history around his time here. Everyone will tell you how much, how loved he was until the Super Bowl, and it's not true. He was hated his entire time here. The fans never liked him other than about five to six games at the end of the year when they realized how good the offense really was and the fact that, he, that they had a chance to do something special. Then everyone jumped on board until the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And then it was he's the most hated guy ever again. So he's always been a pretty good offensive mind. He's just gotten better and better as he's kind of, he's been in the league. You know what's interesting to me too about him is I I started watching his his offense and and what they've been doing kind of during the playoffs. He really he really doesn't run his dad's system anymore. It's 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 not you know he has that coaching tree and there's been guys that have kind of come off that you know. And we've talked about Sean McVay, obviously, a lot recently, and other guys that have kind of come off that that system. It's really not wide zone based anymore. Uh, when you look at what the offensive line do, it's not really the the, the historical Shanahan system that you think of when you think of, uh, you know, the Kubiak kind of stuff well, and the and 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 I'm trying to think like the Terrell Davis kind of stuff. What are they doing? What what what, what kind of hybrid are they running out there's of? There's more there's more pooling than you would have ever seen in a wide zone scheme. I think that you obviously have to utilize Trent Williams. I mean, people have seen the slow mos of Trent Williams pulling around on the right side. You have to utilize that, and so he's and plus he, he is, has more skill guys now though. Sure, so there's, it, there's five guys you have to. He's count found for. a way to extend the running game out into the flats by getting the ball out of Purdy's hands now. Uh, and I think that's a huge. That's a that's kind of a recent NFL trend, and definitely a college trend, uh, because you you know you make guys play in space. But when you look at what have, he's asking his offensive lineman to do, Arthur Smith, what Arthur Smith ran last year is technically more of a Shanahan scheme than Kyle Shanahan's running now. Mm-hmm. Wide zone, wide zone, wide zone, play action. Wide zone, wide zone, wide zone, play action. Maybe a counter, maybe a counter, play action. That's just not what Kyle is right now, man. He's really done a nice job of utilizing. The Jawan Jennings of the world and 
getting it into Debo's hands and, and that offensive line he has moving them around, but still keeping some of the pre-snap concepts. Um, it just It's fun to watch, man, because for, for a guy like me who at times can be a little bit of an X's no nerd, he has he just he's he's developed this this scheme uh, that that allows him to really capitalize on on the personnel on the field. Man, it's nice. What it's, a great it's what a great thing. matchup it is between uh, Shanahan and Spags, right? Really, really, it's it's going to be because there's not much Spags hasn't seen. It's going to be a chess match. Yeah, I, I I will be curious to see how much Kansas City blitzes um, and you know how they're able to do that because when you look back at the playoffs, the teams that have been able to blitz and get home, i.e., Kansas City, have had a lot of success. I mean, go back to that Philadelphia matchup early uh, early in the playoffs. Philly had no answer to get the ball out now, right? They had no they had no ability to throw hot or check down or pick up blitzes or anything like that. It was it was constant duress. So seeing how that's going to pan out in that game plan, and what Kyle Shanahan's answer is for some of those Spagnola blitzes and 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 you know being able to kind of get the ball out. Whew, that's uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, man. That is uh, that'll bring a tear to your eye for people that really follow that kind of stuff. That's as good as it gets. Hey, let's hear track seven. That's germane to what we're talking about right now. Obviously, the the system that that Kyle runs, it, it's no joke. So last year, learning it, developing within it. Even though I, I played towards the end of the year, I still feel like I, I had a lot of growth to do within it. And so um, I feel like this year, I'm a little bit more comfortable with it, and I'm continuing to still learn it and and how he you know, sees and views the game. and But I feel like, you know, just being within the system and, and being under him has allowed me to, you know, understand the quarterback position more. You want to play uh, – That's Brock Purdy, by the way. You want to play a little game? What's that? You want to play guess the quarterback? Why not? So, if I told you quarterback A has completed 69% of his passes for just under 4,300 yards with 31 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, and I told you that quarterback – Two or B has completed sixty-seven percent for forty, just under forty-two hundred, with twenty-seven touchdowns and fourteen interceptions. That's Pat Mahomes. That's right. And the other well, is Brock uh, Purdy. And yeah. and and as this isn't a this. I'm not trying to start with this that 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 Purdy is better than Mahomes right. or vice versa. That's ridiculous. We all know who the best quarterback in the league is right now. Yep. But to have those, if Brock Purdy is not Mister Irrelevant. I think he might have been on stage last night. I think that's because his team, number one seed two, and I'm not taking anything away from Lamar because Lamar was truly, we saw the difference in Baltimore. And when Lamar is Lamar, that team should be playing today. Well, he's getting more sophisticated, too, in the quarterback position. Well, he's Todd Munkin. Yeah. Todd Munkin, they've got, a little more, they've got some more perimeter, a little bit more in the perimeter. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that this is, we are getting some pretty – pretty good quarterback play coming into this game. And to me, the difference is not – Mahomes is going to do his thing. We know he's he's unbelievable in these games. But San Francisco is going to win this game. Brock Purdy cannot have the first half he's nope. had nope. In, against the Packers or the Lions. Like, he is going to have to be awake for four quarters because you cannot – this defense for Kansas City is too good to give them a lead. They're not Detroit. Detroit's got a great defense, but I don't think Aaron Glenn is as good as Spagnola at calling plays. And that's not a knock. It's just Spagnola. I mean, dude, he he's going to go down as one of the better defensive coordinators in history. The guy shut down one of the greatest offenses we ever saw in that 2007 Patriots team. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think last night. Is it Jim Schwartz that was the, the um, assistant coach of the year or whatever it was last night? 
he wins that award, and I couldn't help but think that he is a typical example. And Spagnuolo is the same way. He's a typical example of just because you were a failed head coach doesn't mean yeah. you're a bad football coach. And those Lions teams could have been so good. They were loaded. They were on, they were on the cusp. Fairly sued. I mean, yeah. they, were, they, they just could not quite just break through with it. They were on the cusp, but it just goes to show you how good some of these some of these minds can be at X's and O's that maybe just don't work out in a locker room setting or for whatever reason don't get the pieces as head coaches. And I, I have to think guys like that will end up with a second chance at some point, but – well, he was so good in Philly. Remember, we thought about how good that Philly defense was last year, but as good as they were, they were they were elite at getting into the quarterback and everything. But man, that that one that he won the Super Bowl with that they uh, in in Philadelphia in uh, seventeen, that defense was so good, and he a lot of it had to do with how he schemed things up. All right, we got some new inductees in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Matt Ryan was asked about his prospects of being a Hall of Famer, and more importantly. I don't know what a Hall of Famer is anymore in any sport. I don't, I don't know what it is. We're going to figure it out next on the Morning Shift. Sports Radio, 929 Again. Get your day started. Go ahead. With the Morning Shift. Time for the show on Sports Radio, 929 The Game. Now listen up. Now let's take a look at what's going on in Tiffany's world. This ain't funny. With TB's timeout on the morning shift. Brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repair. Call 678-902-2000. All right, welcome back to the morning shift. Rob Tribble in for uh, Tiffany. And, uh, well, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced its uh, latest class. You got Andre Johnson, the wide receiver from the Texans. Devin Hester spent some time here in Atlanta. Prolific punt returner. Linebacker Randy Gratishar, those uh, old Bronco teams from the late 70s. Linebacker Patrick Willis of the 49ers. Steve Mongo McMichael, which is a tragic story. He's battling ALS, and he's just uh, deteriorated. It's such a sad thing to see. And, you know, Julius Peppers. And um, there's a good buddy of mine that lives in Decatur I hang out with. He played at uh, UNC with Julius Peppers and Arthur Smith, by the way. He had to go up against Julius Peppers every day in practice, and it was uh, yeah, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. And he's he's a massive dude too. That, he's like, that, uh-uh, uh-uh. that was me and John Abraham. Oh really? Uh, that was <laughs> that was not fun, dude. I I, I was not a uh, I was not a left tackle by trade. Yeah. And so uh, I think it was 2012. I was kind of playing that cross tackle six man kind of position, and so my rep I, I I had played plenty of right tackle, and so my reps during those those you know big periods would come. Playing left, I wanted you to get comfortable, get as many reps as possible. Playing left tackle, but it was always John Abraham, and it was like, dude, this is not fun. Like I don't, I don't enjoy. I don't, like I don't know if I'm getting any better or not because I'm just getting completely whipped. <laughs> I'm, I'm being psychologically damaged. I, I think he felt sorry for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fundamental thing is, I think the Pro Football Hall of Fame gets it more right than like the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think the Baseball Hall of Fame could be a little bit diluted because I, I think about this, you know, you. I think about guys like, you know, Willie Mays, Henry Aaron, I mean, Ted Williams, the list goes on and on, Mickey Mantle. And then Ryan Sandberg and Jim Rice in the same it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't work for me for some reason. No no disrespect to that. And Ryan Sandberg going through some health issues. I hope he's gonna be okay. But you know what I mean as far as that goes. I don't know what a Hall of Famer is anymore. Now you can look at the technical definition, I guess. It's uh you played for a long time. And you're able to maintain a high level in a long time. You're regarded as one of the best at your position, right? What, what's a long time, though? That's that's another question. Well, what's how a long time? Patrick Willis played what nine years? Uh, yeah. What about like like Gail Sears? What did he play yeah. seven? I yeah. mean, what's a that's long a, time anymore? 
I don't. I don't even know what a long time is. See, you're you're feeding into my argument. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can give you the answer. What I think a Hall of Famer is, or what I think it's based on now, and I think it's just. And, and this is uh, this is kind of leading into our next conversation about Matt. I think being a Hall of Famer in football is based off of memory. It's straight up based off of what people's memories are of that player. Were they the best at any given time? Yep. Were they, you know, were they a part of? Like I think, uh, I think Chris Carter's a prime example, man. Those Vikings teams, like you, you remember that era for them, and yep. you're like, oh man, you remember the steel curtain. You remember these certain players from the Dolphins in the early. And did 70s. Terry Bradshaw coattail off the? Because uh, look at Terry Bradshaw's numbers. But that's they're just, not that great. Yeah, but that was but a different iconic. era. I know you can. And, I understand that. And to say that Terry Bradshaw was only a part of the team around him, though, that's the same thing that. Cam and, and a lot of people are saying about Brock Purdy. I mean, he still he could have went out there and cost him that. I, and I, I understand the argument with Bradshaw. It's just a different era. The thing that bugs me about this conversation is when you I say, hey, hey Mike, do you think uh, is Andrew so and so just name a player, uh, player you know, Patrick Mahomes or whatever? Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, but not first ballot. What the hell does that what does mean? That mean? You either are or you aren't. Well, yeah, he shouldn't be a first ballot, but I mean, he should probably get in like his second or third time. You're a Hall of Famer. You're is there a Hall a of first Famer. First ballot wing. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. More this wing is only reserved for I, first ballot. I, I disagree with that, man. I hate that. I disagree that. with I don't, that. I think but that you is. Gotta I'm fine because you got to. But to me, uh, being a first ballot Hall of Famer is different. I think that's reserved for the cream of the crop. The cream of the cream of the. Cream and and of I the think crop. that that's if if the voters want to decide it that way, then I'm fine with it because I think that there it's, should be that next. It's next not. Level. This is my inner dialogue that I had yeah. last night when I was thinking but about this. What I'm hearing from you guys. It's more. Look, the problem is, a lot of times the first ballot thing is decided because you can only vote so many people in. Right. Right. But when people Otherwise use the it, ceremony would last nine hours. Exactly. But when you use it as a qualifier to to knock someone that they're a Hall of Famer, but somehow they're not they're not as good as another guy. Well, no, no, it was just that class when they went in. There were they were they were guys that were were better, and that's okay. There are players in the Hall of Fame that aren't as good as other players. Well, I, I want to let Rob get to the to the Matt Ryan stuff because I I mean that when I say I think it's based off of memory. And for that reason, I do get a little bit fearful of Matt Ryan's ability to reach the Hall of Fame because yep. I think there is one memory that we've already talked about today that sticks out amongst mm-hmm. the national and people. I think, I think he's going he's to be in the Hall of Very Good. But look at Matt Ryan's numbers, though. Uh, seventh all-time in total yards, ninth in uh, TDs. Played he's he's top ten in anything that matters, yep. right? I mean, Four-time Pro Bowler, had the one MVP. And think about this. 14 years with the Falcons, Matt Ryan, they had seven winning seasons, one, one uh, season at 500, six losing seasons. This franchise has had 16 total winning seasons in franchise history. He quarterbacked seven of them. Yeah, well, he's he's first ballot, ring of honor, or whatever the hell you want to say. <laughs> and I, I, I do think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, because I think he, you know, he's got an M- that MVP. He's not a first ballot though. He, he's, I, I think if he gets in, he'll be seventy years old when he gets in. Be so you think it'll be a veterans committee? Yeah. I, I think that MVP stands for something. And I think he's. I oh, think had he's, they won that Super Bowl, it would have been a shoe. Well, let I me think. ask you a question: Is Cam Newton a Hall of Famer? No. So if Cam doesn't make it, it might that could hurt. Even though he's Matt not, had he's not, where's more he rank uh, in total yards and uh, touchdowns? There's one player that I think that I think is a year ahead of Matt in this process that Matt will have his eyes on. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. That's a that's a 
I think that is a comparable. Phil Rivers never won a Super Bowl, but a lot of times they never won offense in the league. And he was a guy that that is is top ten, top eight in every stinking category there is as yeah. far as quarterbacking. Uh, and re- like I said, led some very prolific offense. I think in a lot of ways, their careers very much paralleled one another. It is. And he will be, I guess, one year ahead of Matt Ryan when that decision is made. And I guarantee Matt's going to be sitting there wondering is, if Philip Rivers is the first ballot guy. Well, well, let's is it one from, or two? Might be two years. I can't remember. Well, let's hear, from my, let's hear from my Matt Ryan. He was asked about his Hall of Fame uh, prospects. I do. The consistency that I had for a long time and the production that we had in Atlanta, I think, speaks to it. I understand that championships go a long way at the quarterback position, but I think the numbers speak for themselves, and, and, and the consistency uh, speaks for itself. So, you know, I hope that it's something that happens one day. I'm proud of what I've done as a player, and, you know, we'll see what happens. And his durability, too. Yeah. I mean, think about his durability. He's one of the annually one of the most hit quarterbacks. Missed three games. What four games? Maybe his entire career. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, anyway, missed, not counting the tenure with the Colts. Yeah, I don't. I don't count. I think that, he, that's a. That's I, I want to say he missed uh, three. Yeah, three games. Uh, I like his answer because it's a little different than we normally get from Matt. Matt, I, I was shocked. Matt's always been so. You know, that's not really up to me. I understand what I did, and I understand the process. It sounded and, out of character. And I'm okay with whatever comes from it because I'm comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Well, and instead, he's like, right hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, look. I know half this fan base is like, hell no, he's trash. I know, I know. Well, that, yeah, whatever. That, that same fan base wanted to run him out of town the entire time he was here and that part of the fan base. And guess what? Now they're reaping what they sow because of what his – what we have now, we really, really, we we beg for that era back with Matt Ryan under center. It's uh, I'm with you. I was a little bit, I was a little bit shocked to hear what he had to say too. I, I think that there is, I think there's a piece of me that that likes the fact that he is involved in media now because I think that I think that helps for some people. I think staying around the game and staying visible helps. Keeping for his some profile guys. kind of uh, at least on the right. radar, keeping people thinking about him, sharing his knowledge, uh, talking about the game. And when that happens, a lot of times, and I've said this before, and I brought up Chris Carter earlier, I think he was a guy. It took him a while to get in, though. He wouldn't right. get in well, immediately. But I think that's my point, mm-hmm. right? Once he started becoming relevant and he's all over yeah. ESPN and becomes a talking head, then it's like he's a Hall of Famer. And and, and I think that, that I think that helps Matt in a lot of different ways, whereas that's not going to be Phillip Rivers, right? He's a high school coach. And so Phillip Rivers kind of – you know, falls falls uh, to the wayside a little bit, whereas Matt will will stay relevant at least as far as long as he's in the media. I think that'll be a good thing for him in the long run. So maybe maybe speaking out uh, and saying he thinks he does belong in the Hall of Fame, maybe that's a, a plus in his corner after uh, it's all said and done. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? The homer in me says yes, he should be, but I, I just I don't want to dilute the Hall of Fame. But I think pro football does a better job. That I think baseball's kind of diluted a little bit. You know, I, I will say this. The president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, at least uh, was for a long time, was was the uh, was Matt Ryan's left tackle's dad. Yeah, Sam Baker's uh, dad. Yeah, that Dave, big six foot nine. Big, big Dave. I think yep. he still is. When we went there for the Hall of Fame game, he doesn't do the uh, the invitations anymore. But yeah. he does. He does the. Uh, he likes yeah. to uh, go knock on the hotel. The most room. massive human being of all time. I was like six yeah. nine. Isn't he's he just a huge Dude. person. He's a refrigerator. I don't know. His head is as wide as my torso. I mean, like he's a, a, he's got the biggest head of any human being I've ever seen. It's like a Home Depot bucket. I'm I mean, I'm, di- I'm telling you, like, and what, I love the guy, man. Nicest dude you'll ever meet. I, he he could have been a professional wrestler. I mean, he's so his he is he is enormous. 
Let's come back and talk about that big old game on uh, Sunday. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, if, if Brock Purdy uh, craps the bed, will he have the uh, Jarrett Goff treatment given to him? Will they throw him out of San Francisco? This is our brought to you by Morgan & Morgan. Size matters when it comes to law firms. America's largest injury law firm. This is the Morning Shift Sports Radio, 1990 Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.